0: And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have festival respect, the second one is commitment, the third one passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome into the non-negotiable podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm joined by Justin. How are you doing, Juz? Hey Gav. Hey, Pascal can't be here tonight. He's been called away to Eastern Europe to help with a nuclear reactor that's in meltdown. He's trying to quell the fallout to prevent a catastrophe, the likes of which we've never seen. So good luck, Paz, and we'll see you when you get back. Um Juz, Tuesday night at the Emirates. Um comfortable 3-1 win, really. Um Relegation battlers, Chelsea really didn't put up any any kind of a fight. So let's take it from the beginning. There were three changes to the starting lineup. Two of them, I think, if not expected, probably weren't a huge surprise, with Trossard coming in for Martinelli and Jorginho for Partey. Um, and then one which I think caught us a bit off guard. Kivior did come in for holding Arteta playing the two left footed centre backs. Just what did you make of the changes?
1: Uh, I like them. To be honest, uh, I was not expecting Kivior for holding. I thought uh, Mikel was going to, um, you know, he tends to be a bit stubborn. I thought he was going to go with with holding really until the end. Um, but I'm, I'm glad to see the change. I think, um, you know, the the extra time Kivior has to bet in is something that, you know, we can use to our advantage in the season. I think holding was really starting to struggle. Confidence getting lower and lower every game. Um So, I mean, I'm all for it. I think he did well. I think party has been a little suspect, so I was okay with the Jorginho move. And then Trossard needs to be in the starting lineup. He's been that good. So, really, I I think all three were pretty sharp moves.
0: I do think there's a little bit of a admission from Arteta area, though, that it's over. I'm not sure he... he you know, I'm just, he could have made that change of QV for holding at Manchester city. And as long as there was something on it, he didn't make it. He made the change when it was, when it was done. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, and yeah, it could definitely be an admission. I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, like I said, I feel like holding was getting more and more wobbly as the games went on. Um, so I could see it being either or, but yeah, I, I mean, you're right. That is a little suspect. Um,
0: I, I think- mean, it's not a surprise that it happened. Like you said, you know, holding has been getting more and more shaky as it's gone on. And it it needed to, it needed to happen. It was just something that, you know, it wasn't, well, we were saying all along, you know, it's not going to make change, not going to make the change. And at Man City, we went in with a back line. We all thought it wasn't because I didn't think the change should be made. It's because I didn't think Arteta would ever make it. Yeah. Same. I felt the same way. So, I, I mean, it's, It was a good, it was, it's good that he, that he finally did it. And I agree with you that the more time Kivior gets to, to bed in and, and really get used to it, the better off we're going to be. I still don't think he's going to play a whole lot next year. Um, I think he's, you know, he's Gabriel's primary backup and that's where he's going to stay. But, um, yeah, he did, he did okay. So, but I do think when discussing this game, we have to take into consideration just how bad this Chelsea team are um i think they're easily the worst side we've played this season bar maybe forest at home they're they're an absolute mess they're in horrendous form they they look like they've just they've just given up um even though i kind of knew that was the case i couldn't believe it when i saw it with my own eyes just were you surprised at exactly how bad they are
1: yeah they're in um they're in a real disarray right now i would say um which is crazy because, I mean, they've, they've still got a decent amount of talent in this side. Um, but, yeah, it it just looks like they've given up. Everybody's phoning it in. Um, what did you make about the uh, starting Obama Yang up top?
0: I mean, that's he's being played purely because he used to play for us, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean that's what I'm thinking,
0: too. But how ridiculous is that call? I mean, I, I, the thing is, though, I, yes, absolutely. But at the same time, what difference does it make? Havertz ain't, ain't been ripping up trees. I mean, it's not like they've got these really good options. They've got options, but they haven't got any really good ones. I was a bit surprised Jaar Felix didn't play. Yeah. Um. But uh, but overall, I mean, he's just trying something. I'm guessing they've, they've lost, was this their sixth or seventh defeat on the spin? Ooh. It was it was one or the other. So, I mean, he's just trying anything he can to get a tune out of them. And nothing he's trying, he's working. So, you know, a bit like how Arteta finally gave in and, and and played Kivior, I guess Lampard's kind of in the same boat, right? Like, he he took that job on a temporary basis um, to rehab his reputation a little bit, right? Because he had a bad time of it at Chelsea at the end, he had a bad time of it at Everton. I guess the thinking is, if I go there, have a couple of good months, then, you know, he's he's never getting that job full-time, but maybe I can get another job, and... And it's just been a disaster for him, so he's got to do anything he can.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's not looking too good for him, honestly. This this whole Chelsea stint has been, uh, I mean, it's it's been a bit of a nightmare for him. I guess, uh, you, you know, I get what you're saying. You know, just kind of throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. But you know, we know Abba well as a as a player for Arsenal. He's not really one to, if he's not scoring goals, he gives you nothing.
0: You know what I mean? So I think he had uh, nine touches in that first half and four of them were kickoffs.
1: Yeah, I heard the same thing. And, I'm you know, I'm not I'm not surprised, though. I'm not surprised at all. And When I saw him starting, I was just like, wow, he's he's just going for the, uh, you know, previous player for a club drama. But, man, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like almost anybody would have been a better call than than uh, Alba in this situation.
0: I don't know how much difference it makes, though, because they barely got out of their own half in that yeah. first hour. Um, I mean, they had the one chance the Chilwell shot just after we scored the first one when okay. he, he should have done better and he, it was a really good chance, a really good uh, fight for Ramsdale and he just tipped it round the post, pretty simple save. Other than that, they, they hardly went forward.
1: Yeah, no, they didn't. They've got a um, real
0: problem moving the ball up to their attackers right now. It just doesn't look like he's ever gonna, ever gonna get there. So that out of the way, with with how bad they are, we actually started really well. I thought. I mean, first five minutes we could have been in front. There was terrible defending from Chelsea at the back post, which I think was a sign of things to come. Um, Xhaka got the little flick, and and Kepper managed to managed to make actually a decent decent save. Then there was the weird Kepper save from Saka's header. Remember that one when he, he flicked it towards the top corner and he. I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, he could have just each could have just caught that with one hand and he pushes it out and it goes to Jesus and his shot gets blocked. Yep. And then finally, a couple of minutes later, we we did get the breakthrough. Some really good move down the left with Zinchenko to Jesus to Jacka. Great run from Xhaka from inside to out. He had that run going all night from inside to out and outside to him. I, I thought he had his best game that he'd had in a long time. Chelsea didn't pick him up. That helped a lot. Um, but he made that run brilliant pick out and Odegaard lashes it in and just, we thoroughly deserved that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, I thought it was really good play from, from Jack. He was going outside a decent bit today and and it was just working for him. I mean, they were just giving him acres of space and I love the ball in. It's just kind of a, you know, like a little, uh, maybe I'm getting this mixed up with the second Odegaard one, but. but they're kind
0: of the same. They're both little Daisy cutter cutbacks.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just kind of played into space and Odegaard just runs onto it and smashes it. Um, See, so yeah, I mean, good play all around. And I, I agree. I thought I thought Xhaka was was really good today.
0: He's This was Xhaka before the World Cup, yeah. right? This was, um, I think, post-World Cup, most teams have kind of figured out how we're using Xhaka, right? That out-to-in or in-to-out run mm-hmm. to create the overload. And I think a lot of teams have actually done pretty well in nullifying it. This was a Chelsea team that just weren't capable of nullifying anything, so it was kind of back to pre World Cup times.
1: It's kind of like they they didn't look at any film or any specific preparation for us at all. You know, to be honest, um, just acres of space for all the midfielders and and um, you know their ability to, I mean, letting those balls like bounce in the box. You know, it, it just, I mean, this is this is like Route one stuff. You know that they're they're not doing. So, yeah, real mess
0: for Chelsea. Yeah, it it, it really was. And, you know, we said before, we did get a little warning just after that with some bad defending on our part. I I don't know why Ben White was tucked that far in and and Saka's chugging back, trying to get to Chilwell when he got through. And it was a decent save from Ramsdale, but like we said, it was a pretty, pretty tame shot. And immediately we're back on the offensive again, straight afterwards, and We go back down the left-hand side again. Jacker, same run, out to in, uh, into out, sorry, and it's Trossard this time who finds him. He puts it across, exactly the same type of ball, little daisy cutter towards the edge of the box, and there comes Odegaard again, first time sweeping it in the bottom corner.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, um, I really enjoyed this goal. Uh, It really was uh, uh, very similar to the previous one. Um, Again, you know, Chelsea, I think, being way too slow to the, to react to the ball in the box, but I made a great finish. So that puts Odegaard at uh, 14 goals and nine assists. Is that what it is? Yeah. And that, I mean, that's an, that's an excellent return. Um, I mean, I think we all knew he had it in him, but you know, I mean, that that's, that's a really, really good return for, for a, a midfielder for anybody really. And uh, well, I think he's one goal contribution behind
0: Sesk's best season, which is pretty crazy. And he's going to get better. He's going to get better as he gets as he gets older. I've got no no doubts about that. You know, I I love Erdegaard and it's this is just a sign of a sign of things to come. He's going to he's going to grow. He's going to grow into that role. And uh, I think this is this is what we can expect from him from now on.
1: I think, uh, you know, the biggest difference between, you know, this season and last that I that I think about often is he's just shooting more you know, he, he barely shot the previous season. He would always, you know, he could get the ball in the box and still like look for
0: a through ball. I think he's at home now, right? Like he's, he's grown in confidence. This is, this is kind of his team. So he's, I think he's just, he's grown into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really nice to see though. I mean, he's, he really is. It's his team. You know, he's, running the midfield well, getting all his creative numbers, and, you know, hopefully it continues. Like you said, though, I mean, he's still young. He He's going to get better. He's going to get more comfortable. I think uh, the captaincy, too, I'm, I'm I'm all about that
0: choice. I think Odegaard was the best choice. Agreed, and he seems to thrive on it. He's not one of these players. I mean, he never hides. He's just not a hider. You know, one of my big things, and I I, I, I hate to mention the name because it just ends up in a barrage of abuse one way or another, but one of the big things with, with Ozil was that, he he wasn't an alpha he didn't yeah. want responsibility sometimes he would hide in plain sight odegaard's the complete opposite of that as a character it doesn't matter if it's going well for him if it's not going well for him he doesn't hide he chases he harries he always wants the ball he gives the ball away he wants it back again he and he'll, he'll try stuff
1: yeah yeah he does and i think that's a big difference between like early arteta midfield and this current one is that you know i mean jacka he always shows for the ball always has But he was, you know, with a couple other players that, you know, weren't near as willing to take the ball on and try things, you know, Ceballos, Ozil, you know, etc. Now we have three guys that are just showing for the ball, willing to, uh, you know, make crafty passes and and pull them off most of the time, too. So I think uh, the midfield is just quite a bit different from the one
0: he inherited. And we've moved away from that sidewards, non-penetrative football, right? Because, you know, you mentioned Ceballos there. Guendouzi was in there too. El Elneny, obviously. It was a lot of sideways passing and it would take forever to get up the pitch. And we've kind of changed that now. We're looking more vertical. We're looking to get between the lines. It's a it's a clear, clear difference from before, before and after Arteta.
1: Hell, I mean, even even El when he plays, he looks more forward for passing. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's still probably our biggest lateral passer, but he's had some nice pickouts. Um, you know, a couple, but some really nice
0: pickouts too. So, I mean, credit where it
1: is. Yeah, the whole style of play just seems to be more uh, more vertical,
0: more forward thinking. And that goes for every possession on the pitch. Like one of the one of the biggest problems we had with Holden is that he was taking too many touches on the ball. He didn't oh. want to play that ball through the lines. The same thing with, with Kieran Tierney. He's just not capable of playing those forward balls through the lines. It goes back into Gabriel too much. So the need to be brave is is paramount in this team. Man City, Liverpool, they were brave. When they, You don't score the amount of goals that we've been scoring without being brave on the ball, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole mentality is, is quite a bit different. And, um, you know, it, it's great to see. I mean, I, I don't... I mean, do you remember how frustrating it was watching, you know, Emory and and early Arteta, just, you know, the the horseshoe of doom and, um, yeah,
0: yeah it, was, it was awful. It was awful watching watching those teams like that. That honestly, that I would say that Emory season and a half, definitely the last year of that, was the worst football I've seen since probably nineteen ninety four.
1: Yeah, I'd say it was the worst football I'd seen as a as a as an Arsenal fan. I mean, just dreadful stuff. Every game was the same, no matter who the opponent was. We just, yeah, I'm glad to be moved on from that. Yeah, much better football.
0: I think it just, you know, it's one more indication if we even needed it that that we're going in the right direction. We just, it's just about how high we can we can actually go, and that's why this season, no matter where we end. It's been a successful one, and we're going to be proud of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm really, uh, really proud of the boys already. You know, and obviously the the title slipping away as it did. You know, it is frustrating, but you know, all in all, this has been a, a really good season, and hopefully, we can just build on it and go further from here.
0: Yeah, agreed. Well, well, back to the game, um, because straight after that second one, or pretty soon after, we get the third one, and uh, it's Ben White cutting back, cross with his left foot. The defending at the back post from from Chelsea. I I don't even know how to really describe it. Shakira has a swing at it and it 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 just bounces around a bit. And Jesus is there to just lash it in, and that's the tenth goal of the season for Jesus. So that's another player in double figures.
1: Yeah, this one was a little bit more sloppy. Uh, you know, not necessarily our fault or anything, but you know, Chelsea kind of uh, dallying, not not getting that clearance, not attacking the ball to clear it. It bounces around, like you said, several people. And, and Jesus puts, a, you know, an authoritative smack on it, puts it in. And, yeah, I mean, for him missing as many as many months as he did, you know, that's a respectful tally as well. So uh, happy for him. And what is that, four in double digits now, I think, off the top of my
0: head? Uh Yeah, the front three plus the front – though the three behind plus Jesus. Yep. So, so they're yeah. all there, and, and and Jack is not far behind. I think uh, I think Jack is he on seven or eight for the season. Uh, so he's he's not far behind either. So right. it's been you know we we've we we're, we're crushing what we hope to get right. Like like our our most optimistic, and we've said this before, our most optimistic outlook for this season for any of us was eighty points, eighty goals. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that was the dream this season: eighty points, eighty goals. We're flying past. Yep.
1: I think Trossard too, he's up to like nine or 10 assists as well, which is very respectable.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been a great return from, from the attacking players. And, you know, and we said last week that the, what's let us down, it hasn't been any of the, any of the attacking players, really. It's, it's the defending. That's what's got worse since the world cup. It's not the attacking, it's the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah, even set pieces that we used to be really good at defending have uh, have been a bit of an issue. And, uh, you know, to be honest, though, when we have all four of our guys in, and I know we've talked about it being a problem since before Saliba got hurt, but when we have all four of our guys in, Saliba, uh, Gabrielle, White, and Zinchenko, I feel pretty good about it still. Um, but, yeah, if we could get a little bit cleaner, you know – we don't really uh you know, we don't we don't have a limit, man. I think I think this team could really fly.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean after that goal, we we kind of for the rest of the half it was kind of let's get in at 3 0, right? I'm mean, like I don't think there was uh there was I don't wanna say we played within ourselves, but there was definitely there was definitely a feeling there, I think, of we mustn't give one away before half time.
1: Well, not to be too harsh, but I kind of feel like we did what we always do, you know, um, and I don't under, I don't, I don't uh, hate it, you know, for the rest of the first half, like you said, just get in without conceding, but man, I just wish we'd go for the throat a little more often.
0: Well, when we come out to the start of the second half, we actually yeah. did for the first 10 or 15 minutes of second half, you know, there was the Gabriel header that was, that was cleared off the line. We had a couple of other, couple of other half chances. So I think we actually did make a fist of it but I think once Chelsea got that goal and that Midwayke he looks yeah. like their best player to me I think he's their he's their best signing I thought he was the the brightest spot for them on the night and he's the one that I think you might actually have a they might actually have a player in there but yeah, I agree but when um when he got that goal and they got that goal back I, there was definitely you could definitely feel a little bit of nervousness right because of what's happened in the last couple of weeks there's no way that they that that there wasn't going to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think uh, blowing up, uh, you know, two goal leads and stuff previously uh, really is in the players' heads. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there was some nervousness. They definitely um, uh, kind of withdrew into a shell a little bit there.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And, and it's a real shame because 3-1 doesn't tell the story of that game. It doesn't nope. tell the dominance. 3-0 didn't really tell the dominance of that first half. That that game, we should have absolutely put them to the sword there.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I would have loved to have seen it. Maybe revenge for the uh the 6-0 on uh uh was that Wenger's- Wenger's
0: thousandth game. Yep. 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 The uh the the Gibbs oxley Chamberlain sending off game. Which one should I send off? But yeah. yeah, I thought we should have I definitely think we should have we should have had more there, and I do think that that, that scoreline flatters them a bit. But we saw sort the of, we saw sort the of game out. We did what we we did what we needed to do. We got back to winning ways, and it's important, right? Getting getting that win under our belts after the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, paramount importance, really. We've um, been a little shaky. Some results not really going our way to the point where we probably folded in the title. So yeah, I mean, a win was huge. A win against Chelsea, even bigger. You know, a London rival. I mean. It, I think it got everybody up into, into high spirits. The only thing like, like you brought up once they conceded that one, they definitely looked a little shaky. So I'm hoping now that we've got another win, that'll be, you know, behind everybody.
0: I hope so too, because I really do want to, you know, we're on 78 points. We're on 78 points now. So I really, really do want to see us try and push up as close to that 90 point mark as possible.
1: Yeah. I mean, that would be ideal. Um, and I, I don't know if you want to start this now, but it, it's it's this next opponent that I'm uh, I'm worried about. Um, you want to save that for part two?
0: Yeah, we'll go over the preview in the in the in the second half with with Newcastle. I, I will say that um, with United hilariously losing in the last second tonight, um, that changes a little bit of the uh, the scenario to so just guarantee second. So now a win on Sunday and we are actually guaranteed second. We only need three points now to finish second and i think that's more than acceptable
1: well yeah i i didn't realize that that that's great news um you know again obviously there's going to be disappointment but man second is is really really respectable with a lot of the other teams in this league so i mean you know nobody had us for top four you know like nobody had us for top four
0: no, you go down all the, all the expert picks. Um, I have us for top four. I want to throw that one out there. I actually had us for third. So we're, we're doing better than even I thought, but no, <laughs> nobody, nobody had us for, at us for top four, um, which I thought was stupid at the time, but this still is above and beyond anything that, that I saw coming.
1: Yeah. I mean, brilliant season, brilliant season. And you know, like, like you brought up the goals already Too goals scored is, is looking really good too. It shows that, um, you know it's not just uh remember again, I'm bringing this up again I don't know why but you remember that 22 game win streak with Emory and we all
0: oh we the were one happy about the it? one nils when we were getting out shot 15 to 3
1: yeah we were happy about the uh the streak but everybody knew you know this isn't sustainable this isn't sustainable and i just i feel like you know for being in second we we 100% deserve it and are doing you know most things right just just competing with a you know a juggernaut in city
0: well and there's the old adage isn't there that that goals win games and defense wins championships yep and it's absolute bollocks um (laughs) it 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 just is like if you look at the numbers that's just not true that it doesn't work out that way the team it's generally the team that scores the most goals wins the most games and wins the league yeah yeah
1: it makes sense I don't hear that too much uh, with regards to football, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy it either.
0: No. I mean, the big thing is to get that, get that goals for up. I mean, if you're winning, if you're winning three, two every week, then that's as good as winning one nil. it's better than winning as winning one nil because it's less boring. Yeah. Yeah, for
1: sure. It is uh, entertainment first and foremost, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It's an uh, entertainment business that you still have to win or everyone boos you and throw stuff at you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which you know, uh, how I, I, you know, I've looked at the table a few times, like I'm sure you know, all Arsenal fans have. I'm really struggling to see how Spurs are as high as that. I feel like they're losing every week, but yet they stay in, uh, you know, first to or fourth to six.
0: Well, they're seventh right now, so that will uh, that will please you. But it's it's because of all the games in hand, right? Like Brighton, even now, Brighton have actually gone a point in front of them. Now they've still got two games in hand, and Liverpool had all them games in hand as well. And it wasn't until last week when they they finally got in front of them because they were winning. That's the only reason they were sitting there is that everyone else was was playing uh, playing had more games to play, and they've they're level with uh, they're level with Villa. They're actually they're they're seventh, but they're they're tied seventh. So that could that could go either way. Brighton have some tough games left though. I mean Brighton are luckily they've got them two games now because they they come to us, they play Man City and they also play Newcastle. I don't know if that's home or away, but they've got all of the top 3 in their mm-hmm. last six games.
1: Well, let's let's hope they get a result against City. Huh? I'm pulling for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're not kidding, take it to the last day. Well, we've yep. got to get uh, we've got to get that win on Sunday first. I yeah. guess. Um, I thought the crowd were, were excellent again uh, on Tuesday night. And there, there was every reason for them not to be basically after the last couple of weeks, but I thought they, they got behind them and you could, you could really hear it. And I didn't even, I mean, you know, we were three up fair enough, but I didn't even feel the nervousness from the crowd when the goal went in. I thought the team were, uh, went a little bit within themselves, but I don't think the crowd did. Yeah. And no, I
1: agree. Um, I think, uh you know the 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 Chelsea performance was just very toothless, you know, and I, I just don't feel like uh, anybody was really worried that we were going to let this one slip.
0: So as bad as Chelsea are, and they are, um, as Pellegrini looks like a looks like a man who just wants to be anywhere else. Yeah, he did. It.
1: Yeah, he looked rough. Yeah, well.
0: and, and Kepa, who who wasn't at fault for any of the goals yesterday, he just had that weird moment from Saka's header. But he's, you know, he's poor. But they do have some decent players there. And I don't know if you've read these reports as well, but they're saying that they're basically going to have to offload a few of them in the in the summer, or, or they're going to be in serious FFP trouble. We know Mason Mount is, is likely going to be one of them off. Is there anyone there, as much as I'm not a fan of buying people off of Chelsea, is there anyone there you think it might be worth a little tickle at in the summer? Uh, You know, I don't know how
1: popular this opinion would be. I actually... I think Mason Mount's a nice little player. Um, I know he's he can be a bit unlikable, but um, you know he's he's versatile. He's hardworking. He presses, and he's got some pretty good end product as well. And he's he's still pretty young. I uh, I, I would take a gamble on Mount.
0: Well, he strikes the ball well. He's a clever player. Um, I don't know he's dynamic enough for my liking. I would prefer to see someone a bit more dynamic. there, a bit more powerful runner, but he's he's a good player. I would have no I would have no issues with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, you know, that could be a nice, interesting, uh, like left eight option too. He may be a little too attacking for that, but um, that could work. I, no, pretty I think well. that's.
0: I think that's exactly where he would where he would play. It's where uh, it's where England play. Him. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. That's well, true.
0: I think, I think that that's exactly where we would we would be looking to play him. Um, other than that, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know anyone else that I would even be bothered trying to pick up. I don't think there's any way they move. Uh Mudrick, I don't think Madwicky, I don't think they move Enzo. I, I don't see any of their new I, signings being moved.
1: I would take I'd a hundred percent take Reese James too, uh, but I don't think he moves and his injuries aren't aren't the
0: best either. I was I was gonna say you can keep him because uh he'd fail his medical after pulling his hamstring getting out of the Uber.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's had some really poor luck, but man, I think he's he's a brilliant player if he could, you know, stay fit for half the season.
0: I, I just don't think he ever will. I mean, he's yeah. what, twenty twenty three 23 now. And he's just, he's, he's forever. Injured. He's out for the rest of this, rest of this season. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's a good point, but
1: yeah, I really like him as well, but yeah, pretty much crocked already. Sad stuff.
0: <laughs> and it is interesting. Like we've, we've been here right when you're struggling and you're down and your players all look like trash because let's be fair, they, they looked awful. If they're going to go about trying to raise $150 in player sales, mate, that ain't going to be easy. I don't know where they're going to get it from. When you look at the wages and the length of them contracts that they've given out, where can they really get that money back? Yeah, I really, I don't
1: don't see it. I mean, they're going to take huge losses on players like Pulisic. And uh, I mean, they're going to have to sell somebody they don't want to,
0: I'm pretty sure. Um, I think I think Mount's about the only one though. Maybe they could maybe they could get rid of Chilwell, but I don't know where to. Like I can't see Man City being interested in him. We wouldn't be interested in him. Maybe they could convince Newcastle or part with big money for him. Other than that, I mean Conor Gallagher, he's just a clogger. They might get twenty million out of someone like Palace, but I I just I don't see where the big money is coming from. And if the report's true that they do need to raise that money. I don't know, man. I don't think that looks good for them at all. I
1: think they're in a really tight spot. Um, not just FFP, but we know how hard it is to uh, compete with a uh, an overly bloated squad. I mean that that athletic article article that came out a week ago saying that they don't they don't excuse me they don't even all fit in the dressing room. You know, it's just crazy stuff. Um, I think they got a, a way too uh like way too much of a head of steam and started buying before they could shift and uh, you know all eight year contracts i know the wages are are reasonable but you know they've got guys like conte who you know is on a big money it, they're yeah it's a it's a mess it's a mess i wouldn't want to be a, a, their director of football this
0: summer and long may I continue i hope the mess continues there i mean i hope they put themselves in an even worse position in fact i want to see frank given an eight year deal
1: yeah yeah that'd be nice um Man, Frank, his, his. I think his career might be pretty close to done already. He's, um, he's not done well.
0: No, I think him and Gerard, um, certainly for the foreseeable future, are done in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, and I, I will say, um, you know, forty-seven-year-old Thiago Silva was still pretty sharp out there. He was probably their best player on the day. <laughs>
0: it's, it's <laughs> mad that he's still going. I mean, he did, he did make a couple of fuck ups out there. I think he was kind of at fault for the third goal but he's still by far and away their best player. Uh, Like you said, at 109 years old, that is is (laughs) absolutely crazy that he's still going. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know who they get in as manager. We've said before that the the marriage made in hell between them and Simeone, to me, that seems like the, it's the logical choice because it's two forces of evil meeting, but also he's the sort of guy who's an absolute cunt and can go in there and really sort them out I, I just don't know I don't know who else you get in there to do it like I, I just don't see Pochettino going in there and fixing anything I don't either
1: I don't uh, no disrespect to to, to Poch I, I rate him as a manager but I don't see him stepping into this Chelsea mess honestly and and, and doing anything well, I think um, he's
0: a good coach but I'm, I'm not sure what he's you know what he's really got about him as a manager he, he struggled with the PSG dressing room and they were winning well, they no. weren't under him actually, <laughs> but, you, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's, it's going to be,
1: so I guess, so Nagelsman is already over. Is that, I guess he turned him down.
0: Yeah. He's not, he's not interested in that fucking dumpster fire.
1: Damn.
0: Well, they always said he was a smart guy. Yeah. Oh. Well, I guess, I guess he is. Well, hopefully they uh, continue to be absolute dog shit because they're, you know, since the world cup, they've been on relegation form. And yeah. uh, I just, it's a shame that the season's not a month longer or that they got five less points on the board early because it would have been, it would have been interesting if they had, because they've got a tough run too after, I think they've got Forest this weekend and then it's Man City, Man United. they got they got a tough run in too, but they've unfortunately got enough points on the board to kind of negate any serious trouble.
1: Yeah, it's it's really too bad. But yeah, they if if they if uh they got a few less points under Tuchel when he was still there, they really could be in trouble and it would have been a great thing.
0: Yeah, oh, it would have been else, hilarious.
1: Something else I wanted to uh, just a quick detail, but did you see the uh the laser pointer in Mudryk's eye?
0: Yeah, I- I'm never a fan of that shit at games to be honest. There's a couple of things I can't bear. That's one of them, people running on the pitch is another one. I don't give a fuck which team you're from, which team you support. That's bang out of order. Um, and I, I, I hope they come down like a ton of bricks. I think they've got the fan that did it.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I hate to see that kind of stuff too. And, and the, the hostility over, over Mudrik is a bit annoying to me too because he obviously wanted to come
0: here. Yeah, it ain't his fault, is it? It's the owner of yeah. the owner of Shakhtar. If you want to go yeah. mess with a Russian mafia boss in charge of Shakhtar, then be my guess. It ain't Mudrik's fault. Right, yep, I
1: agree. So yeah, I hate to see that kind of stuff. And hopefully we don't see it again, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, unless it's like Bruno Fernandes, and then I'm all for it. <laughs> all right, well, let's leave part one there, Jazz. We'll come back in a second half, and uh, we'll we'll look forward to the uh, look forward to the Newcastle game.
1: All right, sounds good. All right.
0: <laughs> hey guys, just a couple of quick halftime announcements. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a 5 star review on your favourite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience and we thank you for your support. Also don't forget to check out our socials, we are TheNNPod on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We try and put out some cool content so give us a like or a follow and help us build our Guna community. Hello and welcome back into the Non-Negotiables podcast, this is part two. Uh, we're going to take a look at the Newcastle game and before we get into that, Juz, um, I want to do the uh, the Who Am I game, we missed it last week, that was that was my fault, um, but here we are, we've got one today. So this is a player that's played for both Arsenal and Newcastle. So I started my career with Tonbridge Angels, I then moved on to Fulham, Luton before joining Newcastle, for whom I played 187 games. I then moved to Arsenal in a shock transfer, playing 84 games, before finishing my career at Djurgarden in Sweden, playing nine games. Who am I? Any idea, Juz? No, I don't have any idea. All right, we'll revisit at the end. You can uh, have a think about it. All right. So, just this weekend, this is one of the games that we've been looking at for a while, circling, thinking it's going to be a toughie. Um, I think after City blowing West Ham out of the water the other night, I mean, I know you were, uh, you don't want to give up hope, but it does kind of feel like like a shot to nothing, right? This this game, it kind of feels like it'd be great to go out there and win. And if we lose, I mean, what difference does it make?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's about how I'm feeling too. Um, I've not given up complete hope, but I'm not like, you know, looking at match trackers getting, you know, upset about it or anything. It's, uh, it's, I feel like it's like 99% done, but until it's mathematically done, I can't give up all the way. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. And it can make us play a little bit. Looser as well. We haven't got that pressure on us. I mean, part of that, we, you know, we, we haven't, I I don't want to talk about the bottling stuff because we've spoken about that to death, but over the last few years, we haven't dealt with, with pressure well. And when the pressure's off tends to be when we've turned it back on again. And now the pressure's kind of off, you know, like I said to you at the end of the first half, three points and we're guaranteed second. That doesn't have to be three points on Sunday. In fact, it's raw on Sunday and we're guaranteed second but 3 points over the last four games and we're we're second so uh, you know I don't think there's any pressure on this for us we can go out there be loose we can attack there's not really much hanging on it for Newcastle either I mean they're on 65 points with a game in hand of Liverpool on 59 in fifth they're not coming out of the out of the top 4 so there's kind of this is kind of a chance for for both teams really to go in quite relaxed with nothing riding on it
1: yeah, um I don't I don't see it being like a very pressurized game for sure. Um and hopefully that that helps you know Arsenal. I'm a, I'm expecting Newcastle to push pretty hard on this one though, uh being at home and and they're coming off um some really nice results. They they found their uh their scoring boots. They they've hit, you know, their last couple games, multiple goals, uh which is a little bit of a scary prospect I think because they've had a very staunch defense all all season, but, you know, finding goals a little harder to come by. And, and uh, they've really kind of opened the floodgates recently.
0: Well, especially with how bad uh, back lines been like, that's the, that's the one thing we've been, we've been terrible at the back and Newcastle have started to find their form up front. They've got mobile strikers, whichever one, they it will be Isaac. But even if it was Wilson, he's still a, a player that's given us plenty of problems in the past. They're using Willock kind of a little bit wider Almeron's back they're you know they're they're looking they're looking pretty good even that Jacob Murphy scoring goals
1: (laughs) yeah they do look pretty good um
0: I I would say
1: I'm I'm a bit worried about this one but you know like you said I'm not feeling too much pressure about it I uh do not think this is a gimme though I think this is going to be a pretty tough test um I think the Newcastle will be eager to to keep their um their streak going in and, and, and keep scoring goals, especially in front of their home crowd. So um, this is one that, you know, if the title was riding on this game, I'd be, I'd be pretty nervous about this one.
0: And the crowd are going to be up for it. Cause the crowd are always up for it there. I mean, I've been up there a couple of times and as the away fans, they stick you up in the heavens where you can barely see what's going on. And that Gallagher end makes some noise for them. They're, they're ruckus. They always are. And they, they love, you know they love beating the southern teams. They've always liked beating the southern teams, and right now we're the second best team in the country, and that's that's kind of their natural next step. So they they're, they're going to be up for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're going to be up for it. And and you mentioned a few players, but yeah, they've got a they've got a lot of people that can hurt you. You know, I know uh, Joe Ellington has done a lot better since you know his first season, and and they've got you know St. Maximin, who is you know very dangerous, tricky winger. Um, so I let you know a secret.
0: I think Alan saint Maximum is a terrible player. What? I think he's awful. He's all fart and no poo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like him, alright. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him, but I like him, alright.
0: He's a left-footed Lewis Zaha. You can keep him, <laughs> Wilf- Wilfred Zaha. Sorry, yeah, you can, you can keep him. I, I got, I got no time for saint Maximum. but he won't play, so it really, it really doesn't matter. He won't have any part in this. But um, no, I think, I think he's an awful. <laughs> Loads of stepovers and then lashes it forty yards wide. You can, you can keep that. But um, so from our point of view, Jaws, um, <laughs> I guess guess the team is going to be a little bit difficult from now to the end of the season, right? Because I've got no fucking idea what he's going to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, let's let's start in the back. You think um, you think Kivior stays in?
0: I do. Yeah, I definitely think Kivior stays in. I think uh, I know Gabriel um, is carrying a bit of a knock, but I, I do think he'll play. Um, so I think it will be uh, Kivior and Big Gabby at the back.
1: I've heard, uh, I've seen a couple of opinions online wanting uh, Tierney to get a run. I- I'm not sure I agree with that. What do you think?
0: I mean, if Arteta and Albert Stuvenberg have got together and said, what we really need in this game is a left back that's going to blast the ball into the stands at every opportunity, <laughs> then maybe they'll play Kieran Tierney. I mean, do you think that that's where they're going?
1: Uh, no, I think it'll be Zinchenko if
0: he's, you know, Able yeah, to I, I think they're going to want the player that can pass the ball, in, in all honesty. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I, there's a few things with this. I'm actually looking forward to Kieran Tierney being sold in the summer. I, I am. And I, I tell you why. It's not because I dislike him. It's because I just can't believe the amount of fans online trying to say Kieran Tierney should start every week. It, it's just, it amazes me. I don't think I've ever seen a player as loved and overrated by a single fan base as Kieran Tierney and the Arsenal fan base. He's fine as a mid-table left-back. He's absolutely fine, but he's got three moves. Turn back, knock it back to Gabriel, smack it up into the stands, or bang in a cross without looking. There are his three moves on the ball. We just don't play that way.
1: Ooh, look, I like I like Tierney. I think he's a, a you know, good player and I would say um, it's probably time he moves on this summer because, like you just said, the way we play has has
0: evolved past uh, that kind of fullback. I think. Um, and there's also a myth that he's a better defender than Zinchenko, and I don't think that's true either. I, I just don't. I think Zinchenko's better in the air than he is. I think I've seen Zinchenko handle players just fine. Yes, he got he got beat by Trent at Liverpool that happens to everybody and yes he got caught out with a ball inside on Tuesday night but Gabrielle got caught out by exactly the same ball that Theo Walcott scored out of the week before and if you want to go through that look at Tierney's defending at West Ham for Jared Bowen's goal
1: hey look fair okay I'm, I'm not on trial here about Tierney okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> you No, know, it just but- it, it's just annoying the the online discourse about this the I mean, I saw someone say, am I the only one that thinks that Tierney's better than Zinchenko? Well, no, you're not the, o- the only one, because there's plenty of other idiots out there.
1: <laughs> Look, good player, good guy. I just, like I said, I think we've evolved past him. Um, I, I do have to agree. He's got kind of a weird um, fan base around him. He seems to be really well-loved. Um no argument there. I do not think he's better than Zinchenko. Uh especially not in in the fit for our team. Um I could maybe see well, no, actually I don't think he he might sub in, but yeah, I'd say Zinchenko still starts, Zinchenko still plays.
0: Yeah, and I don't really hate Kieran Tierney. It's not that I it's not that I hate him. It's that I hate the discourse around it. Because it it's just like I said, he's just He's not what he's made out to be, and 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 it just kind of annoys me. That's all. That, that's that's pretty much it. So um Jorginho Parte, where do we go there? And is there a chance? Um, and I didn't bring this up when we were talking about this change in the first place because we really skipped past it because it kind of was one that we thought might happen. Yeah. Um is there a chance that there's something to this Thomas partey has been carrying a knock since uh before? the international break and we've been nursing him through it.
1: I think there is. Yeah. I think there's something to it. Um I mean, even when we were starting him, we were pretty much pulling him off as early as we could, um, you know, in a lot of games. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jorginho again.
0: Um, yeah. I'm kind of feeling the, feeling the same way. I, I obviously don't want it to be Jorginho. I would prefer it be part of you out there, but if if party is carrying a knock, I mean, I was a bit surprised to see him come on with five minutes to go the other Same night. I I I didn't really understand it, but then I don't understand a lot of Arteta's substitutions.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I was surprised to see him come on as well. Um, I you, you know we've had the substitution conversation a bunch, but yeah, a, a lot of them kind of drive me mad too. You know, um,
0: I just I just thought it was weird. Like he's. If you're gonna if you're gonna put him on the bench, that's fine. Leave him on the bench. Yeah. It was a it was a weird one. But I I wouldn't be surprised to see Partey come back in here. Um just because I think the game might suit him a little bit more than Jorginho. I think they're gonna play and, and you know, and I already said that that Partey's kind of lack of athleticism bothers me. Um but he uh you know, he he looks like he looks like prime Usain Bolt when he stood next to Jorginho. So <laughs> it, it wouldn't surprise me if he put him in just because that zip around that Newcastle, that Newcastle front line.
1: Yeah, I think the game calls for a for party more. I think he would be more effective in central midfield, but I could see it really going either way still.
0: Yeah. Um, and it, again, like we were saying about if he's carrying a knock, we, we don't know what that knock is and, and how bad it is.
1: Yeah, but you bring up a good point. It is weird that we even subbed him in in the first place. Last game, if he is carrying something,
0: um, he did the same thing to Saka though. When he said Saka was ill, was it the Leeds game? Saka's ill; he can't play, and then he brings him on with fifteen minutes to go when we're four-one up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. Under- I mean, I guess there's just a, you know, keeping him sharp kind of thing, but yeah uh, I,
0: I mean he did it in Europe didn't he He was bringing players on and in the in the cup games he's 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 rests he rests players and then brings them on with fifteen minutes to go I, I it just it baffles me
1: yeah i don't I don't understand it either
0: no it's it's very strange so yeah, so i'm not i mean i would if i was to if you were to put guns to my head and say which one's it going to be i I kind of think it's going to be Jorginho. um but I wouldn't be surprised if it was parto.
1: Yeah, that one could easily go either way. And uh, I guess it just depends on really what's going on with, with party off the field, you know?
0: Um, well, that's that's true as well. Um, so, I, I don't know. There's it, it definitely could go either way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, moving forward a little bit, who's, who do you got in?
0: Uh, well, the two in front, I think it's going to be Erdegaard and Shaka. Don't see any okay. changes there. Yeah, same. Um, and then the front three. And this one's interesting because... I don't think Martinelli sits again. So I think it'll be. So it's two from three. I just have a feeling it might be Saka.
1: For Nelson or for Trossard?
0: Oh, Trossard. Nelson okay. starting.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I could see that as well. And I think it'd be a smart move. Letting uh, letting Trossard for, start for Saka. If we can just rotate like one or two out, you know, just to. I think that's the best way to to kind of handle like heading into the end of the season and with, you know, thinking about next year in mind and stuff like that too, you know? So um, I just, I he did okay on the right. Uh, I don't think he's as effective on the right, but uh, I think it'd be a smart move.
0: And, you know, I, I just don't see him dropping Jesus, so. I, I think it will be one of the two. I, I don't think he's going to drop Jesus. I, I I think it will be, I think it will be Sakharov. Basically... I I think Martinelli comes back in. Um, so it's 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 two from the other three. It could be Trossard that's back on the bench again. But I, I just I just have a feeling that he's gonna want to give Trossard a little run of games now and he's just gonna I think this might be Saka's turn.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. I think it'd be the smart way to go.
0: Yeah, and then uh, the subs, I I don't know. Well let's do you know what? Let me let's talk about Reese real quick here because <laughs> There was a story that came out yesterday. I think it might have been Sam Dean, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, Saying that he's pretty much made the club aware that he's not going to sign a new deal. I don't know if you saw that story or not. I didn't see that. Um, But if that is the case, and he has told him that, do you think that's going to be the end of Arteta putting him on a pitch? Because I think if that, and bear in mind, you don't know if that's true or not. um, But if it is true, I would imagine that would be the end of Arteta putting him on a pitch because what's the point?
1: Well, I think it, it really depends on what's going on with Smith-Rowe. Um, I think uh, if him and – if, if Mikel and Smith-Rowe are having some problems off the pitch like we've just discussed before, yeah, it, it does seem in Arteta's character to, to keep playing Nelson over him to, like, send a message. Um, yeah.
0: So so here we are just um this was from uh this was from yesterday um the daily mail sammy mockbell reports that Reese nelson has rejected arsenal's offer of a contract extension and there's growing expectation that he'll leave the club at the expiry of his contract at the end of the season.
1: Mm-hmm. Well i mean we've talked about this a bunch you know we said we don't really see why he'd sign the contract. I, I personally, I, I mean, I'd be sad to see him go. He's had a big impact in this second half of the season. Um, but I'm not surprised at all. Kid's got to do what's best for his career.
0: Yeah, and they're, they're mentioning Brighton again, which I think we both said we think would be a really good fit for him. But they also um, mentioned uh, AC Milan, apparently have uh, have spoken to his agents as well. And I've got to be honest, I'm a sucker for that AC Milan shirt.
1: Yeah, I mean... I think Milan would be a more attractive destination for sure. Um, No offense to Brighton or anything, but uh, so yeah. Yeah. Again, good for him. And um, you know, if he can, if he can get a a bigger role, you know, he should go for it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I just don't see any, I don't see any way that he gets that role here. We've talked about it again and again and again. I think his best scenario is exactly what he's got now, which is just the odd game off the bench and I I don't see how at 23 24 years old he can he can carry on with that
1: so it means we'll probably have to target another attacker in the the summer
0: yeah i think that was probably the plan anyway i mean if you look at it we are a bit lopsided because nelson i know people keep talking about nelson on the right but all his best performances have come on the left hand side yeah, you know, and we've already got Trossard and and Martinelli for out there. So I do think that I do think a left footed uh, wide player is is really the order of the day. But you're not going to get anyone senior coming like someone like Rafini is just a pipe dream. He's not going to come in and sit behind Saka, and Saka's not going to make way. So I think the answer probably is to find someone uh, find someone younger um, looking to make the breakthrough.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Saka is one of those players that you know will pretty much always start if he's available. Um, like I don't see us even trying to rotate him very much. So I think someone like uh, Rafinha is 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 not going to happen. Um, and then as far as you know the the front the front three. We already have Trossard, who's kind of the, the utility guy, the one that can plug in at nine, at, you know, on the left, on the right. So I don't think we'll look at another one of those. I think they'll want kind of a more of a, a specialized cut and side type winger.
0: Yeah, unless it's someone who can do what Trossard does, but from the other side, because like you said, I'm not particularly convinced of Trossard on the right-hand side either. I think the right-hand side is the area up front that we could really do with someone else in.
1: I wonder if we may look back into someone like Neto.
0: Yeah, possibly, possibly. I, I, I you know, and Lenarteta likes the, he likes buying from the Premier League, doesn't he? Yep, he uh, does. He, he, he's made it pretty clear that he likes buying from the Premier League. So we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, in midfield, I am expecting two in midfield. Um, Rice and Casado are obvious ones. Mason Mount, we're being linked with now. So I think he is going to look for people that are going to fit straight in. Um, I think for that side of the pitch, for that front, front right side. I do think that's an area where you could look abroad and not worry because they're not going to be playing that much straight away. Whereas I think with the midfielders, whoever we get, I think they're going to be playing early and they're going to be playing often. Yep, I I agree. Um,
1: Yeah, I think we've got a decent bit of flexibility there with whoever we bring in on that right side. Um, But, you know, they just, I would say it's really got to be more of a high
0: potential. Um, Yeah, that's how I see it too. I see it exactly the same way
1: they've got to be able to fill in for saka, you know, admirably, but also, you
0: know, have promised
1: to be a, a you know, a damn good player in the near future too. So, that'll be a that'll be a hard one to fill.
0: I yeah, think. I think I think that's about the hardest the hardest role there is. I, I mean, you know, the right center back might be a might be a tough one to fill as well, but I mean, Saliba's got a back injury and back injuries are, are, are not they're just it's not a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not a good thing. I've heard a lot of people calling, you know, well why isn't he just getting the surgery you you don't want back surgery if you don't have to have it
0: no absolutely um, not there's as much chance of it going wrong as there is going right and I mean he's a 21 year old guy at the start of his career
1: yeah exactly so hopefully that one sorts itself out it's why I, I would almost feel relief if they just said you know he he's done he's out for the season he's just gonna you know relax because at this point I feel like you know uh Jostling for him, maybe getting minutes playing again. You know, I, I just don't see the point. I guess.
0: No, I I I don't either. Um, that right sided centre back just we've been linked with Mark Guay from uh, from Crystal Palace. I I mean I don't know. That seems like that's someone who would be very very expensive for that. Yeah, I think so as
1: well. I, I like the player, and I think he's done really well. But I, I just I don't know if I can see us dropping that much money, especially when I think midfield is
0: going to be so expensive. Um, yeah, but- there's there's got to be better. Like I said to the we, week, we were linked with that Sutolo um, or Sutolo is it um, the Croatian, and that to me seems more like um, seems more more likely. I mean, he's you know he's 23, he's playing for Dynamo Zagreb, so that that seems like a player who would be more likely to come in, not cost the earth, and sit.
1: I definitely think it's gonna be more a key viewer signing than some you know, some guy we're we're all familiar with or even somebody from the Premier League. I just I think for that position we would do better to to buy from the continent,
0: save a little bit of money. And again, we're talking about a position where we're not expecting someone to come in and immediately contribute, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. They should have
1: quite a bit of time to bet in, you know, as long as Saliba ends up healthy. Uh and you know, be able to take their time in, like cup games and stuff like that. It's it's you know a perfect situation really, as long as Saliba stays fit.
0: And it's the same with the two same with the two fullbacks. I mean, we're going to have to get at least one fullback. Tomiyasu, I guess you're going to have to go into. We've got no choice really, but to go into next season with Tomiyasu as the backup for the right or left back, or maybe and left back. We we don't have a choice. It's not like we can sell him this summer. He's injured again, so we're going to have to trust him for that. So I think whoever comes in in that, you've already got White and Zinchenko. So, again, you can afford someone who perhaps isn't quite ready to play yet, like like the Fresnader option or someone of that ilk.
1: Yeah, and I guess, you know, depending on what happens with Tierney, you know, it's going to be a, an absolute necessity as well. Um, I like oh, It is, the- yeah.
0: There's, there's going to have to be a fullback. I mean, it just – it depends on do you see – do you see tomiyasu as the right back do you see tomiyasu as the left back or do you see tomiyasu as both and therefore we'll we're we're happier to get someone younger in who will play even less
1: uh i see tomiyasu pretty specifically as a right back um i know he's played left back for us and i i believe he plays on the left side for japan as well um you know just mikel's whole thing with with feet <laughs> uh I could see him uh you know the the sala case was kind of a particular case i see um but it's nice that Tomiyasu can play both. I think we'll look and you know actually you've kind of got me thinking i mean
0: i am not as convinced as of that i I have to say i'm i'm not i kind of i think I would lean more. That I see Tomiyasu as the primary backup for right back and left back, right. And whoever we get in will just be the secondary backup on the other the other side. That's kind of how that's kind of how I see it. And you know, and we were talking again last week about this next evolution being the ability to change systems, the ability to. Morph into something else if you need to be, and I think Tommy Asu is one of them players that really gives you the ability to do that, and I think that is going to be vital. Is he fit enough, though, Gaff? Well, that's the question. And again, there were reports coming out a couple of days ago that the that his recovery is going to be longer than than first the first you know thought um they were talking about six months from when he did it that was march so you're already looking at the middle of september so if he's not back in training to the middle of september you're looking at the middle of october before you're even thinking about putting him on the bench
1: yeah i i like tommy also a lot but his fitness uh issues concern me especially if we're talking about he's the first backup at left and right back um so we might have to even do something more there
0: i i understand that and You know, and even though you can say, "Well, this injury was a fluke because he, you know, he just stretched on the pitch," dude, I've seen other people stretch on the pitch and not be out for six months.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, his history alone is 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 pretty damning. I think. Um, You know, going back to Fresneda too, I like him a lot as a player. He he does not have very much
0: experience though. Um, So that which is which is what I was really getting at is that if it is someone like that, and Tommy Asu is the primary backup for either side, a signing like that makes sense. And yeah. it's funny because you know we kind of thought like, oh well, the main work's been done. It's not going to be open heart surgery on this squad. It's just tre- tweaking. But when you look at it, there is quite a lot to be done this summer. There's 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 more than you would think at first glance. I mean, I I still think that Matt Turner's probably going to move on. So I think we're probably going to be looking for a backup goalkeeper, which isn't the biggest thing in the world. You can you can find backup goalkeepers. Anywhere you can find just you know, a, a Ben Foster type, not not Ben Foster, obviously, because he's hundred and nine in place of Wrexham. But if you <laughs> but you but someone like that, you know, an aging goalkeeper to sit on the bench and and an English one, because I don't think any of us really understood taking up a foreign spot with a reserve goalkeeper. Yeah. But you can you can find that anywhere. But we're gonna be looking for at least one fullback, yep. two midfielders, yep. a wide forward, a center forward. That's, you know, this is, there's still a lot to be done and it's going to be expensive. So I think we are going to need to make do still in some positions. And that just seems one where you can do it. But like you said, it's fitness dependent.
1: Yeah. I'll be curious to see, you know, exactly what's prioritized this summer. That'll, that'll tell us quite a bit. I mean, me personally, I'm pulling for the the midfielders. I think that's the, the biggest area that we can upgrade
0: um I think that's I think that's exactly right I don't think there's any there's any debate about that the big signings of the summer are go I think the most expensive signings of the summer certainly the most expensive is going to be one midfielder I think the second midfielder will probably be the second most expensive signing unless something like Vlajevic happens up front
1: yeah interesting um I agree I think midfield's going to be the most expensive um I, I I hope I, I'd like to see Turner stick around for at least one more season. So we don't have to mess with that this summer. You know, um, I think he's good enough to deputize, but I could also see he, he, cause he's not a young guy, isn't he? Like, was he 28 or so? 29. Yeah.
0: And, and, you know, and we said before the, the U S have got a world cup coming up on, on home soil in 2026 and he's their current number one. He's not going to stay the number one. If he's, if you know, if he's not playing playing football at all for the club, he can't just sit on the bench and carry on being the number one. There's a gold cup in between. If someone else comes in for that gold cup and has a good tournament, that's screwed him for the biggest the biggest moments of his life.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I I, I get where you're coming from. I just I'd rather have to not deal with that this summer. But yeah, you're right. I mean, for the player itself, I'm sure he's, um, you know, for his for his national team career, I'm sure
0: he wouldn't mind moving on. I just, I think he has to. And I think, you know, obviously he's a big Arsenal fan and I think this chance was just obviously a dream come true for him and whatever happens now, he'll be able to say that he played for Arsenal. And I think for him, that is huge. It's also given him a route into Europe. He's already here now, makes life easier for whatever his next move is. Uh, That's true. I I just, I just think he's, I think he's going to want to move on. I think he's, he's achieved his dream pretty much of playing for us. He's got to understand he's never going to be the number one. So I think it's gonna. he's going to look back on this year with a lot of fondness and he's going to move on and take himself somewhere else where he's going to play. Yeah, that's, that's,
1: that's a pretty fair opinion. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Let me ask you this question. Do you think, you know, we just talked about Patino the other day. Do you think there's any youth that are about ready to make the step up? Obviously not for a starting position, but to maybe fill out some depth in any, any of these positions?
0: Uh, no, I don't. I
1: know uh, there was stuff going around that uh, – Oconquio just won. Was it the Austrian Cup?
0: Yeah, with Sterngratz.
1: Yeah, um, there. there is, but... I'm
0: telling you now, there is no way that a goalkeeper with that little experience is our primary backup.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right, and I mean, it'd probably be high over Oconquio, anyways, wouldn't you say?
0: uh yes it probably it probably would and I, but i i would imagine i mean we just re up time but i don't know if we're just going to let him move on in the summer because he's another one i think he's like isn't he like 25 years old or something yeah he's not young either, uh, he's right? not young so and he's he's been around for a long while so i would i would think he'd be going too i would guess i mean it depends what you count Rule waters as because that is the that's the wild card in all this when we're talking about fullbacks is they, they do seem to really like rewards. You know, he was the one that was taken on the tour of the U S Yeah, got some game time. What we don't know is where they see him playing because I mean, he's played all the way across the back line, yep. which is obviously a good thing, but also a bad thing. Cause you're kind of, you know, you end up not getting, uh, you end up not really getting any position nailed down, but he could, he's the one that you think maybe, just, you know, just maybe could do it. I'd, you know, you, you would think, I would think that Crozier-Dubry would be worth a little chance to back up Saka. Because, like we said before, that it's not, that Saka's backup is not someone that's going to need to play a lot. Yeah. So, but I don't really see Arteta doing that. I think what you've got to think of is those Europa League games have been replaced by Champions League games yeah I'm not sure Arteta is going to want anyone in the squad that he doesn't trust to play in the Champions League and do you think he's going to trust Crozier Dubri to play in the Champions League uh negative no I do not um I think that's where we're at and that's why Patino is what he is what he is because I think if we were in the Europa League we'd be having a different discussion about Patino yep but being in the Champions League he's just not going to play Champions League games
1: yeah, I couldn't see Patino playing anything except maybe you know League Cup, and it's just not worth keeping him for that.
0: No, it's not. It's not. And I, I just so when it comes to the youth, I mean, I know we've got a crop below this crop with with uh, Skelly and with Manieri and stuff who are, who are coming through as well. Um, but I, I don't see any of them as being as being possible promotions to the actual to the actual first team squad.
1: Yeah, and, and listen, that that's not a bad thing either. You know, when we were finishing in, in eighth, and we had time to kind of bed these guys in. But now that there well, was challenging- there was a
0: pathway too. I mean, yeah. you had to get in front of Kalasinac or Mustafi. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that's a very different proposition to getting in front of Zinchenko and, and William Saliba. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. You know, and and we had Sabayas on loan in midfield, and. and it's just, it's a different, it's a completely different thing now. I think to get in to this team, you are going to have to be extra special. This, it, to get us to get into this, into this squad with serious game time, you're going to need to be at the level of Saka. You're going to be, at, need to be at the level of Martinelli. You're going to need to be at the level of Ses Fabregas at 18 and 19 years old. And yeah. that does not happen very often. Yeah, it does not.
1: So so yeah, it looks like we've got uh you know quite a bit on our plates to address this summer in the transfer market, but I mean the funds should be there don't I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. we actually have a decent amount of uh, sellable assets this summer for the long for the first time in a long time
0: yeah, for the first time, mark and first time first time in probably best part of a decade I mean, if you think about it, Tierney should should get a decent fee I mean I, I think forty million pie in the sky, but I think he should bring in 25 to 30 million. I think we'll get a fee for Rob Holden. This isn't going to be like Callum Chambers where we just have to have to let him go. You know, no matter the stick he's got, Rob Holden is still a, a decent lower Premier League level player. So I think we'll get decent funds there. Um, we've got players like Tavares and Balogun out on loan who are going to come in. Plus, our old friend Unai is apparently ready to slam a load of money into Marseille to get Guendouzi out of there. And we've got wow. a 25% sell-on clause from that
1: wow that's nice yeah i didn't know that And we'll get a we should get a tribunal for reese nelson too wouldn't you say
0: uh no i think he's too old i think you have to be under 23 and i believe he's now 24 gotcha okay yeah that's fine
1: uh i've, I've also heard uh omar wreckage has been okay on loan i believe he's at wigan um so that might be when we get you know an extra few million from
0: yeah, and there's there's a couple of others too. Um, is, do you know? I've I've heard this both ways. I don't know if Ainsley Maitland-Niles is out of contract in the summer or if he's got one more year. Hmm. And yes. I, I I don't know. I've heard both, but I'm not. I'm just not sure uh, one way or the other. But whatever. So there's there's that one as well. And then of course there's um, the the elephant in the room. The seventy two million pound elephant in the room in uh, Nicola Pepe.
1: Oh, he's still here, huh?
0: Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> apparently Wrens have said that they are not interested in either extending the loan or buying him permanently. So I think that's going to be a case of us trying to find a subsidized loan for him again in the summer.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a tough one because he's one we definitely don't want just sitting around. You know, he, he's he's he got a bit of a sulk in him. Um, you know, he's one that we definitely need to get out of the club, but I just don't see us being able to sell him.
0: No, I, I just, I I don't see where you could possibly, I don't see where you could possibly sell him. So apparently I'm reading that, uh, that Maitland-Niles is actually out of contract this summer. So he'll be, he'll be going on a free and he's 25. So there's definitely no, uh, there's definitely no, uh, no uh, tribune or any fee coming there. So he's, he's going to be gone. He's going to be out of there. Um, although it does say the club have an option to extend it to 2024. I guess that just depends if they think that someone will buy him or not. His loan spell at Southampton has been very up and down. Yeah, I'm not sure it's worth triggering that just to try and get uh, a small fee.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. That's one that, man, I wish we'd have uh, pulled the trigger on that when when we got an offer from Wolves. I'm sure uh, everybody at the club kind of kicks themselves over that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's 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 one of them things where the timing, I guess, just just wasn't quite right. So it's yeah, it's one of them things, but it's it's best for everybody that he moves on now. I, I honestly I don't think he's a Premier League player. Um I, I think he's probably a championship level player. He he's just never kicked on. I mean, he's twenty five years old now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He doesn't feel that old, but yeah. Yeah, no, you still think of him as as, as one of the young bunch, but he's you know, he's he's not. He's He's definitely uh he's he's definitely run his course for him at Arsenal.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. Mm.
0: So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what we do get in over the summer. We've been so bad, and this is what this is what Edu's got to do now, right? He's got to prove he can sell players.
1: Yeah, yeah. This will be the first real test, you know, with actually having some some decent um some decent assets to move. And I think we can get in quite a bit of money, you know, with the list you just kinda rattled off. I mean, that that should be, you know, if everything even goes okay, we should still get quite a bit of money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it could be added to what we'd spend anyway. You know, the, they were saying the Champions League brings in an extra $50 million in revenue. Well, that's just in the TV money. Like, that doesn't even take into account the fact that all your sponsors are going to have escalator clauses in. If you're yep. playing in the Champions League, you get X. If you're playing in the Europa League, you get X. So all our, all our sponsorships should ramp up. We'll be getting new sponsorships in as well. And the price of that should go up.
1: Yep. yeah yeah could be a very uh, lucrative summer and uh you know we need it because uh like like we said there's a lot to address so
0: yeah there is there is and the bigger part might be uh if we can get 134 charges settled against Manchester City so come on the Premier League let's let's get that figured out this summer yeah that'd be nice yeah I don't expect it but it it would definitely (laughs) it would definitely be nice so all right mate, the uh the who am I? Are you ready to have a crack at this? We'll just go through it, uh go through it one more time. Okay. So I started my career at Tunbridge Angels. I then moved to Fulham, then to Luton Town. I then moved to Newcastle, for whom I played hundred and eighty seven games before moving to Arsenal and playing eighty four games. I finished my career at Jewel Garden. Who am I? I don't know. Scored five for England against Cyprus. That probably won't help you much, seeing as you're American. <laughs> no, yeah, it didn't help at all. <laughs> it's Super Mac, Malcolm McDonald.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I would have never got that. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, he, uh, he 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 never. Uh, I guess it didn't. He, he got injured at Arsenal, when it kind of ended his career. But uh, yeah, he's a bit of a prick off the field as well. So there you go. Never never liked Malcolm McDonald very much, but yeah, there you go. So that was Super Mac. That was your answer. So. Okay, mate. All right. Well, we'll leave it there um, and we'll chat next week when uh, Paz should be back too. And uh, we'll go over the uh, new Newcastle game and see where we stand after that one. All right. Sounds good. All right, mate. Good night. Good night.